Welcome to the Great Podcast, the show where we take a look at the important men and women of history and decide once and for all if they are worth all the fuss. I'm Jordan. And my name's David. Well, well done. It only took like six one tries. time. Oh, one right. First try. First try. First and take. he got the intro. But welcome. Today, we have a very exciting one. Do you, do you know who we are talking about? No. Okay. Do you remember what happened last time? No. All right. So, quick <laughs> recap. Last time, we saw the end of the Flavian dynasty. Right. Titus had followed his father Vespasian mm-hmm. after the year mm-hmm. of the four emperors. In just over two years, Titus faced the eruption of Vesuvius, a fire in Rome, and a plague. Right. And then he died. Mm-hmm. Great, great rule for him. Domitian, the younger brother, right, had leaving been... the brother with no business being in charge. Yeah, he was overlooked his whole life. Yeah, blocked from power, and it. then suddenly, boom! Hey, you're thirty. You're in charge now. It. Got it. And despite this, he actually proved a tireless and effective administrator, although a bit tyrannical at times. Uh, he did rule for nearly fifteen years, but his disdain for the Senate and lack of tact in dealing with them led to his eventual assassination. That'll do it. He got poked a lot, and not in a fun way. Now, he is dead. But who is going to become the next emperor? The world may never know. Except you will. (laughs) So congratulations. Last time there had been no heir, the year of the four emperors kicked off with the death of Nero. We're in a very similar situation. power-hungry grabs here. Right. So no one is really in line because Domitian didn't have any living children. And the Flavian dynasty was pretty much dead, partially thanks to him. Right, because he was assassinating or he was executing a few of his, uh, like his cousin and Uh some others who were gonna be in line, but now now they're all dead. The Senate saw this as their opportunity to first of all avoid war. We don't want another war. That would be terrible. Many of these people are still around from the year of the four emperors. We're not trying to seize power. We're just trying to stop war. Shit about the not seizing (laughs) power. But what if? Just hear us out. What if we decide? Who the next emperor is. It's almost like the Republic. Right. Kind of, no, except but it's, it's not, still... We're not a Republic. It's, it's fine. And it's still foreign emperor. You it's know, fine. No, it's okay, Absolute though. ruler. It's definitely not a king. So... so. Plus, they really saw this as the the only opportunity to reclaim their status since Domitian had spent 15 years making them not important at all. Well... Making it known that they weren't important at right. all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Reminding <laughs> right. Reminding them of the reality. <laughs> So, this was their chance to get that back. The Senate actually already had a man lined up, ready and waiting, because, as you'll remember, many of the senators were actually involved in the assassination plot. Well, right. So they thought, we need someone ready to take the throne. That was the biggest problem with the Nero assassination, is no one was ready to Mm -hmm, ascend mm -hmm. the purple. The man that they had ready was none other than Marcus Cocius, 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 Nerva. That was a lot. Yep. I, I, that was a I, lot. I was trying to pronounce his middle name. Oh, you oh, just yeah, tried was, a couple yeah, times? Yeah, it was Marcus Cosius oh, okay. Nerva. I really thought he had like four names. He probably, five. we there there probably are. Okay. Like he also, That's after fair. this, would have added, you know, Augustus and oh, Caesar right. you and all put that. put your entire reputation title. into your name. Yep, exactly. But we'll call him Nerva because that's much easier. It's kind of familiar. He was born in Narnia. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's uh, Aslan? <laughs> Find him. <laughs> Give me a lion now. <laughs> well, uh, this is Narnia, somewhere 50 miles north of Rome. 
does it's not called Narnia anymore. Wild. And it's a not place actually called mythical. Narnia. Yep. Well, you don't so, know that. Well, you're right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. you weren't there. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> keep your hope alive. You're right. I wasn't there. Let's keep let's keep dreaming. Uh, he was born on November 8th, 35 CE, so he's getting on in years by this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. His father was a su- successful lawyer, and his great-grandfather had been consul 60 years earlier. Okay. His family, therefore, still moved in imperial circles, and his aunt was actually the great-granddaughter of Tiberius. Well, there you go. Yeah, so they're, the family's well tied in. Um, you know, old senatorial class. Nerva had spent a lifetime filling official positions and cozying up to powerful people. Nero bestowed special honors on him for helping put down the Piso conspiracy, which is something we talked about a long time ago at this point. But there was a conspiracy, mm-hmm. and Nerva was one of the people to help uncover it and put it down. Nerva also served as consul with Vespasian in the year 71, which would have been a, a great honor. Uh, and then again with Domitian in 90 CE. So he served two consulships. Okay. So he's he's very well, well respected. Kind of makes sense then. Yeah. At least it's a logical kind of choice. Right. And this time with Domitian might have been uh, for helping uncover another uprising involving the Germanic legions. This You're, man is just a special investigator. Exactly. Well, yeah. Solving conspiracies left and right. Yeah. Like <laughs> what you doing, fam? Uh, so he served two consulships with two emperors and had another emperor bestow special honors on him across two dynasties. This man should really be retiring somewhere. Yeah, right. Uh, he was clearly respected at the highest level, however. Right. And, you know, why give up the game when you're still winning? I, God, I don't know. You're tired and old. Yep. And tired and old is precisely what they wanted. <laughs> so it made sense that the Senate would turn to him. Ah, he was right, well-respected. The Senate wants to run it. Uh, right. Yes, it all makes sense. He was, he was well-respected. He was senatorial class. There you go. Which they needed so they could get their rights back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was old and childless. Oh, dang. Wow. This seems counterproductive, since lack of succession is what caused all of these issues. Uh, yeah, no, but I'm sure the Senate's like, hey, so, like, my kid, though, you know what I'm saying? He can he can be the successor of this guy. Well, why don't you adopt him? There you go. There you go. There you go. So you're thinking ahead. Or perhaps the Senate sees this as an opportunity to keep electing the emperor. Oh. Maybe. Well, Hard maybe. to say. Uh, but uh, not that hard to say. We this is, however, the first time that they chose well maybe it sets a precedent it could this is uh this is historic because it's the first time that they were in a position where they could kind of outwit the praetorians Mm -hmm. keep the army out of it and put their own guy in right away and it was all because it was like that it was Mm -hmm. so fast and they had a plan they did they did have a plan and they had someone lined up which is exactly what they needed and again by choosing a safe old man with no children maybe they could hold on to power even longer thus Nerva became emperor. He set about undoing many of Domitian's unpopular reforms and granting amnesty to those viewed as being wrongly exiled, which a lot of people were exiled by Domitian. Uh, He vowed no senators would be put to death while he ruled, and Mm. they would certainly have the emperor's ear and respect once again. Well, that's, that's looking pretty good for the Senate. Yep, I'm sure they were quite happy about that. Maybe even the people liked it, you know, a return to like a sense of normalcy, maybe. Things we shall see. Chaos. We shall see in just a moment about what the people are feeling. The Senate declared damnatio memoriae on Domitian, which means. Oh, no, they're it, not going to like that. His memory be damned. <laughs> wow. God. Time to start tearing down statues and ripping away inscriptions so well, we don't have to see his like name ever the again. People aren't going to appreciate that one too much. We shall see. <laughs> all the thi- all the statues and other things made of gold and silver depicting Domitian were right. melted down and put back in the treasury. 
Well, that's the wars were getting okay. costly by this yeah, point. Yeah, that's, that's yep. a good idea. Now it seems the people were somewhat indifferent to oh, this regime okay. change. Well. The you got to remember, Domitian wasn't a tyrant to his people. Just no. the senators. Yeah, I know. Yep. The people were probably like, yeah, yeah he's, he's doing all right. You know. he, he was fine. fine. Yeah. Um, the average person didn't care much, as you know usually happens. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect them that much most of the time. Yeah. Sometimes it really does, but most of the time, uh, the average peasant, uh, whoever, yeah, emperor or whatever mm-hmm. in Rome, whatever mm-hmm. he's doing. So Nerva felt the need to kind of get people excited about his ascension. Like, he needs mm-hmm. support he because all he has right now is the Senate and kind of a good reputation. Right. So time to start handing out money. I was just going to say, well, time to start paying the soldiers more. Praetorians, let's go. Well, he's actually going to give 75 denarii to the citizens. Oh. All the citizens. Well, I mean, hey. And upwards of 5,000 denarii per Praetorian. But <laughs> hey, that's, oh, that's, that's neither here nor that's there. That's a big difference right this, there. <laughs> this is a pretty standard bribe by this point. <laughs> pretty standard bribe. And uh, hopefully the Praetorians don't start acting up again. Right. Good. To fund all this spending... Uh, he sold a lot of stuff, according to Cassius mm-hmm. Dio. Uh, he sold personal property, imperial furniture, estates, clothes. Everything was for sale to keep things flowing smoothly. Who's buying it? Uh, just other rich people. Just Okay. You know, he's, he's basically funding it himself. Uh, yeah, he's just, well, funding the government with the sales of things to people right. in his country. And then he gave away 60 million sesterces worth of land to the poor. To help get them out of the city and get them working and get the wow. economy flowing That's more smoothly. Pretty smooth. It's a pretty Smart. it's a pretty good idea. Then he called a halt to many celebrations, games, sacrifices, anything to save some money. Oh come on. I know. That's not the party. So boring. Boring old Nerva. Uh however, the old man was unwell. I'm shocked. A quote from Dio, Nerva was so old and so feeble in health, he always, for instance, had to vomit up his food that he was rather weak. You don't oh say, God. Dio. <laughs> you don't right. say. This man I don't can't. Know if it was the best choice. No. Yeah, this man can't keep food down. And you're saying he, he was a rather weak. After every time, just <laughs> he, he's a he's an unwilling bulimic. He just can't do yeah, it. He just can't keep it down. He was also weak politically. Really, he had the Senate at his back. Yeah, but they're the weakest faction. They don't um, really have any authority. I suppose the Praetorians hold go. all the power in Rome. Well, that's what the money's for. And the army holds the most power, period. Overall, oh, okay. Of everything, so they're separate. So you pay the you pay the Praetorians, but you're not necessarily paying the army. Right. The Praetorians are there right. in Rome, yeah. Yeah, and the armies are. are spread out along the borders. And the army was not a fan of Nerva. Can you guess why? I, I don't know. Seems like a weak leader. Didn't give them any more money. I don't know. Close. Doesn't want to expand. It's what you were. It's what you were thinking about with the people, because the army loved Domitian. The army loved Domitian. Yeah. The army really liked Domitian because he increased their pay. That's right. Yeah. Right. And he had campaigned with them for many Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Like he was out there. He wasn't leading in the field in the same way as others. His face was there. He was there administering it. Mm -hmm. The army had really liked Domitian for these reasons, and they had called for Domitian's deification. Oh. While the Senate was busy damning him from history. Well, yeah, there's a little. You're gonna so have they're not there. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they really didn't like the guy who killed their emperor. Fair. Which right. is what they viewed of Nerva. Wow. Well, right. That's, I don't. He's the don't guy know, who became man. emperor. Yeah. He must have been the yeah. one that killed the emperor. I, oh, I see. I see the train of thought. It makes sense. Kind of sucks for the, my guy, though. 
for sure. <laughs> this uh, is obviously just what they believed. Our sources right. claim Nerva was innocent of even being part of the assassination. Dio says that he was informed of the plot shortly before, and they were like, will you do it? Will yeah. you be the emperor? I mean, that, would, that would make sense. And then it would make sense, or it would also make sense that he was involved. Because or just was the whole time was like, all right, cool. So when you kill him, I will be the guy. Sounds yeah. Sounds good. Yep. I would imagine at some point he knew in advance. Yeah. It's likely yeah, the no, reality. It's not like he, yeah, the emperor gets assassinated, Domitian gets assassinated, and then the Senate's like, hey, so. Just knock on his door. Yeah, right. Just show up. <laughs> hey, so something happened. Uh, you want to take over? <laughs> hey, emperor's not feeling well. Um, think maybe you could be emperor? <laughs> just temporary. Just in case something just, happens. Just, yeah. What happened to him? Um, <laughs> he fell. He, he fell, fell on a lot of knives. <laughs> Big room full of wild, knives. Wild. Uh, it was wild. Either way, whether Nerva <laughs> was involved or not, the army was not happy. Yeah. Neither was Casperius Aelianus. I'm gonna say it that way, Aelianus. I don't know how you say his name, but Aelianus is how I'm going to say it. This guy was the Praetorian prefect under Domitian. Oh well. And he was loyal to Domitian. Oof. Again, the army and the Praetorians loved Domitian because right. he paid them a lot. Yeah. The guards were obviously a bit torn about Domitian's death. There were probably some on board. Well, they had to have. Yeah. Some of them had to have yeah. taken bribes to just let these people in right. and not come to his aid. Exactly. <laughs> there just happened to not be people on shift right. that day. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But there are plenty who were not on board, including his prefect, sure. who was not involved. After the assassination, one of the conspirators was put in as prefect in place of Aelianus. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So you can imagine that he's not happy. I'm going to start killing people. And the guards weren't happy easy. easy. And the guards weren't happy either. <laughs> the The guard was actually demanding that Nerva put Aelianus back. Mm -hmm. And as we shall see, Nerva was one to relent. He was willing to give in to make everyone happy. I mean, he's so old. He is so old. I get it. I and, just feel like, yeah, whatever, man, sure. I didn't and, make the decision. <laughs> and he really doesn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, so he does back down and he puts Aelianus back in. And the cracks of authority begin to show. Well, sure. Yeah. The man that really liked the former emperor that we kind of think you had a, had a hand in getting rid of. And you're like, well, I'm number two again. So... <laughs> so now let's look at the situation. Nerva was chosen to ascend, essentially to avoid civil war, like the year of the four emperors. He was old and respected, and part of the Flavian inner circle, which helped some to side with him despite Domitian being killed. Yeah. Because there were certainly people in the government who liked Domitian, mm -hmm. quite a few. But his position as a childless, sickly old man was a threat to stability, whatever the Senate wanted it oh, to be. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. if he died, well, now like the Senate doesn't have the power to, to do no something. Yeah. yeah. The other part that was uh, kind of dangerous to stability was his calm, deferential nature. Yeah. Right. Like, He's this not. Man isn't doing anything. You really need someone strong at the helm right mm -hmm. now. There's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. There is a quote from Dio, and it's actually uh, in reference to a consul at this time uh, from a man named Fronto. He is said to have remarked that it was bad to have an emperor under whom nobody was permitted to do anything, meaning Domitian, but worse to have one under whom everybody was permitted to do everything. <laughs> do whatever you want, man. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah. No, no, no. That's cool. Uh, yeah, no. I know I made that law, but like... It's if you don't, right. if you're yeah, not feeling fine. it, it doesn't matter. I understand. Yeah, like, I appreciate yeah, no. that you came to tell me. Oh, you want a thing? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, sure. Take it. Cool, cool. You yeah. need some money? Here, man. So, a power play was certain to come pretty soon. Nervous position without an heir was getting too risky. Mm -hmm. And then the Praetorians 
besieged the palace. Oh no, who would have seen it coming? Yeah, and it is kind of interesting. Like, what does besieged mean? Aren't you guys the guards? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> aren't you di- already in charge of the security at the palace? Like, what is sieging at this point? Yeah, like, who's, are you ch- who's stopping you? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you, isn't it just an assault? Like, yeah, like why? Exactly. Well, not even. Like, why don't you just walk in and be like, "This is ours now." Yeah. Yeah. All of the guards are ours, so this we're, it's ours. This is ours. We got yeah. this. But. It matters because what do they want? They don't want to get rid of Nerva. What they want at this point is the power. execution of oh. Domitian's assassins. Let's go. Get and Nerva had been trying very hard to not let that happen because right. obviously they put him there. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, well. Well, guess they're going to die. All the people with <laughs> swords says it's got to happen. Yeah. I guess it's got to happen. I don't blame them. The second thing that they wanted was to show Nerva that they were, in fact, in charge. Mm-hmm. And they were successful on both accounts. I think so, yeah. The assassins were brutally killed. One had his genitals cut off and shoved in his mouth while he was still alive. And wow. then had his throat cut. Wow, we heard that threat on a TV show recently. We did. We did, <laughs> in fact. someone did it. Was that shameless? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. So that happened. Um, the other guy just got his throat cut, so I don't know what, I don't know what the <laughs> other one did to piss these no, I people think off. The first, one, the first one had the mutilation, and they're like, ooh. That was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> just, <laughs> just cut his throat. Oh, oh, just, just, cut his throat. just cut his throat. I don't want to yeah. see that again. Then Nerva was forced to give a speech thanking the Praetorians. Thank you so much. <laughs> for threatening his life and the stability of the Empire. <laughs> Essentially, it was it thanks for like reminding me of my position. But that's how he put it, too. Yeah. It's like, wow, thank you for putting me in my place. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much. Fearing the growing tension and the threat of civil war, Nerva knew he had to act. Then... In late 97 CE, he came out and announced his newly adopted heir, Trajan. Trajan? The military man you currently holding that. down the fort yeah. in the Germanic region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is our boy, Trajan. Almost immediately, the power struggle ceased. Perfect. A powerful man with huge military support would soon be in charge. All would be well. Then, a few months later, Nerva suffered a stroke. He lingered for three weeks and then died on January 27th, 98 CE. Oh, so we're talking about Trajan. All right, cool. <laughs> he had ruled for 16 months. Now <laughs> yeah, let's talk yeah, about like, Trajan. That's pretty quick. That's a yeah. good podcast. All right, wrap it up. Let's get to the categories. <laughs> <laughs> so let's discuss Trajan. Here we go. Born in September of 53 or 56. There's conflicting dates. We're yeah, out of sources. It's enough. kind of rough. Whatever. It's three years. The difference. research is a little bit harder now, I must say. He was born in the southern province of modern Spain. He is the first emperor to be born in a province and not Italy itself. Yeah. Which is okay. pretty wild. That's cool. His mother was Marcia, sister-in-law to Titus. Okay. Which gave him some good credentials. His father was Marcus Ulpius Trage. Tri- tri- so it's it's you can before it. they added the J to the Trajan, <laughs> okay. it was Trianus. Oh boy. So I'm just gonna say Trajanus. You know, that sounds but we're gonna great. move on. Uh, he, this man commanded the 10th Legion for one year during the Great Jewish Revolt under Vespasian. Oh, there you go. And he was a consul under mm-hmm. Vespasian. So Trajan comes from oh, good stock. This man's got the qualifications. He does. Despite coming from a province, Trajan's That's family right. is clearly the mm-hmm. elite of the elite. Then his father became governor of Syria, and this was up there as the most valuable province in the empire at the time. Very wealthy, very powerful. He was then also governor of Baetica in Spain and Asia Minor in Western Turkey. So his father was everywhere, and Trajan Mm -hmm. was traveling around with him, likely for parts of it. Trajan was essentially born and raised to rise in the ranks of Roman government. It it worked. It sure did. (laughs) But no one expected him to become emperor. 
Right. So far, all the emperors were children or adopted children of the mm-hmm. current emperor mm-hmm. or a usurper. Right. Or in this case, Nerva got elected. <laughs> Wait, so, somehow. So there's well, a few few ways to become elected, emperor. Elected, chosen. Right. <laughs> Due to lack of sources, not a ton is known about Trajan's early life. Not a ton is known about a lot of stuff for yeah, the, well, the rest of this that we're going to be doing for the Romans. Tough. It is. It really is. And like, I love how I'm like, oh, we're running out of sources, but the sources were bad too. Yeah. I was like, yeah, ah, well, you don't know what you're talking about, do you? Like, eh. We love you, Suetonius. We love you with all our hearts. Sure. He would likely have had the best education at the time. Grew up wealthy, but under a hardworking and diligent father. And his aptitude was very was clear very early on. He was good at just about everything he tried. All right, show off. He was a military tribune under his father in Syria. And by the late 80s CE, when he would have been in his late 20s, mm-hmm. he had command of the 7th Legion stationed in modern Lyon oh, in go. Spain. That's yeah, nice. So he was doing a lot of good stuff. He was in Domitian's good graces in 85 CE when he was made praetor. The Encyclopedia Britannica defines this position as such. A judicial officer who had broad authority in cases of equity was responsible for the production of the public games and, in the absence of consuls, exercised extensive authority in the government. Basically one step below consul. Okay. So he's doing yeah, very well. There you go. It's unclear how much uh, of these positions were still like doing things under Domitian, but he was still Oh, yeah, because Domitian was very hands-on. Yep. Everything and at this, you know, if nothing else, culturally it was still very important, mm-hmm. and like the years were named after yeah. consuls, so you had to kind of keep it going. Around eighty six CE, Trajan's cousin Alias Afer died. He had two children, Hadrian and Paulina. Hadrian, Trajan, and another man took joint custody of the children. Okay, and saw to their raising and education. Good for them. A few years later, Trajan would call Hadrian to Rome to further his education as uh, a Roman of aristocratic rank. Mm -hmm. It was important that he got the proper education. So far, Trajan still doesn't have any children of his own. In 89 CE, Saturninus rose up against Domitian. This is the Rhine Legion governor who... Rhine Regent Governor, mm-hmm. who rose up against Domitian, right. and Domitian had to rush forward. And oh, I mentioned yeah, yeah. that Trajan rushed from Spain mm-hmm. to join in the fighting. Was this the man that... Uh the guy that was going against the mission that he thought he had backup, but then the, the yes. water wasn't frozen Correct. or whatever happened. The Chatai, I believe. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well. Yep. Hey, you know how that river's not frozen anymore? That sucks. See you, bro. Yeah. No reinforcements for you. Yep. You screwed. Yep. Precisely. You okay. remembered something. Hey, sometimes. Hey, let's go. Let's there. go. <laughs> so, yeah, that guy rose up. Trajan rushed to the northeast to assist. Uh, he arrived a little late. But it was still made a great impression mm-hmm. on Domitian well, that yeah. he marched so hard to get there. In 91 CE, he was made ordinary consul for all his hard work and diligence. Ah, just ordinary. So that's actually the good one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so by this time, there were two main consuls chosen at the beginning of each year. Right. Uh, these two had the year named after them, mm-hmm. and they were the ordinary consul. Then... Often these two would, quote-unquote, resign after a few months, so a couple other senators could be suffect consuls for some portion of the year. Okay. Since the job is really just ceremonial, it was kind of just the, like, you could say I was consul. (laughs) Okay. But if you had a year named after you, it was more important. Yeah. You know? That's fair. It's one of these things where it used to really, really mean something, but now they're watering it down so Mm -hmm. much because it doesn't really have any power. So being named um, ordinary consul was a massive honor. Especially since Trajan was only in his mid twenties or mid to late thirties, excuse me. The youngest age for a consulship was thirty-two. There you go. So he was getting in getting real it. early for for basically just doing well at everything he did. 
It is almost always good to be buddies with the emperor as well. Yeah. Until that emperor gets assassinated for being a tyrant. Then it becomes a bit less good. Right. Trajan did well to downplay his association with the mission after the assassination. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that guy, I, I crossed his path. Yeah, know? right. It's fine. I met him a couple times. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Special. Dinner with his yeah. family. I don't even know what you're talking about, bro. Yeah. Pliny the Younger, who is fully in the thick of Roman politics by this time, wrote several letters and speeches about Trajan, and he always omitted his time with the mission and his Spanish origins. The two kind of like stains on Trajan's mm-hmm. past, according to the people of the time. When Nerva became emperor in 96 CE, he appointed Trajan to the governorship of Upper Germania, the place where all the rebellions keep happening right. because right. we need someone to keep it in line. He was obviously a well-respected figure mm-hmm. that, by this point. Later, the following year, Trajan's adopted son, Hadrian, there we go. rushed to his side with a handwritten letter from Nerva. The letter informed Trajan that he had been adopted and named heir. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. Just like that. <laughs> Here's a letter. Uh, you're the heir of the emperor now. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. So this this was probably a really big surprise. Yeah, I bet. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know, man. Maybe it was a very clever coup. Wow. The senators even talked to him, huh? Or did he no, plan uh, it all? Or maybe Trajan said, he planned everything. Hey, maybe I have all the power. <laughs> Maybe I'd be emperor because you don't have any kids, maybe. Or maybe Nerva just thought, hey, Trajan would make a great choice. We don't know. The world is never going to know. The world won't ever know the truth. Time machines. We Speculation need remains, though. So Trajan became heir. Officially, you know, mm-hmm. cool. I'll do it. And then, awesome. And then, became the emperor and then Nerva quick. died. Yeah. Very quickly. No quick. no suspicious circumstances. You Seems said it quite, was a stroke. You know? It was a stroke. And, you know. People in their late age, very stressed. Dude was old. So uh, one source I read said that he was like yelling at someone. So you yeah. know that could that could happen <laughs> when you're old. Start slipping into dementia there. A little bit, a little bit. And without any fuss, Trajan was proclaimed emperor. Stepped right in, and well, he was still in Germany at the time. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even back. One might expect that he would rush back to Rome to ensure his position was secure. Ah, but Trajan was a man of confidence. Yeah, I don't know, man. Domitian said. The, the government is where I'm at, so why not Trajan? Look at you remembering <laughs> things. Yes. Why? So why not Trajan? He got things sorted in his own province before he left. Mm-hmm. Wanted to make sure everything was in line. Then he called on the Praetorian prefect, Casperius Alinus, to join him in Germania. Dude's name is Casperius? Casperius Alinus. It's really close to conspiracy. I'm just saying. Whoa. This man... Don't trust him. I mean, he is the one that besieged his own emperor. <laughs> Don't trust him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he called. So Trajan called this man up to Germany, ostensibly to be, mm-hmm. join him. Yeah. And potentially to get another assignment, which could happen. He and the leading men of the Praetorian Guard made the journey to their new emperor, and Trajan immediately had them executed. <laughs> Smart. That's what I'm talking about. He heard me. Yep. He heard me. That name. It's too close. Yep. We're gonna get rid of that. that guy. And the fact that they had threatened Nerva. Ah, come on. And uh, there's some that believe that it was possible that they had been in on the conspiracy, so Trajan had them executed. I don't believe that personally. The timeline so, doesn't seem to add so up. So either he was just he was just like, Man, you guys don't seem cool. I'm gonna get rid of you so I don't get killed by you or power grabbed, or he was tying up loose ends. So needless to say, Trajan did not mess around. Mm-hmm. He then headed down to the Rhine and Danube frontiers to ensure the troops were in line. This is where all the wars have been going on with the Dacians and the other right, tribes right. across the rivers. 
for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Things are in disarray. And remember, the the Rhine legions that had revolted had been sent to the Danube mm-hmm. as punishment. Mm-hmm. On top of that, as we've discussed, the army had loved Domitian. So there was a good right. chance that there was still potential uprisings to happen. Mm-hmm. It hasn't yeah. been, it's been 16 months since right. Domitian's right. death. Right. Like things could Pretty still fresh. pop off. So while Trajan was getting that all sorted out, mm-hmm. he found himself standing on the, the banks of the Danube looking north all the way up into Dacia. And he couldn't help but think, damn. What if we had that? Why are we paying this Dacian king? Why would we? Instead of conquering him. We could have more war. We could have more (laughs) war. We could just have more war. Why aren't we doing that? (laughs) Trajan really couldn't accept what was happening with uh, the Dacians and King Decibalus. But we will cover that in a little bit. For now... He realizes that he needs to get back to Rome, make sure everything's sorted, but he plans on being back. That's right. Put a feather in the cap for that one. Once he was convinced the frontier was secure, Trajan finally set out for Rome. He arrived in mid-99 CE, over a year after Nerva's death. That is how confident this man was. Yeah, he was like, it's fine. He's like, I got this. It's all good. Eager crowds filled the streets. Spectators lined rooftops hoping to catch a sight of the emperor. To the shock and delight of many, Trajan entered the city on foot. Oh, wow. Not on horseback or being carried in a... Uh, it usually would have been like a chariot. Called. There you go. Yep. Something like that. Yep, a large chariot. He greeted senators and commoners alike as he made his way to the capital. He was a very jovial man. Like this man already. He quickly set a precedent of how his rule would go. The Senate is very important for the Smart functioning man. of the government. Very important. And you should be treated as such, you guys. And he made such a great show of reluctance to assume absolute authority. I, I just, I can't, okay, I will. Uh, and of course, he was not going to relinquish any of his power. No. But, 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 but the senators are very important. Yeah. Very important. I mean, I need you. I need you so much. It's like the beginning statements of every tyrant ever. It's like, oh, no, pl- please, please, no, don't give please me absolute don't. power. It is very no, much no, Augustus. No, I don't want that. <laughs> it is exactly how Augustus got to power. Yeah. Well, we'll I guess we'll see what happens here. <laughs> and the Senate loved him. Well, yeah. They didn't care if their authority was a facade. No, they they just reputation. wanted to feel important. Yeah, that's all they care about. They want to sit there and eat their grapes and drink their wine and be doted on and people to be like, wow, you guys are cool. That's stereotypical. Yeah, it is. It's a little racist against Romans. I don't care. It's in all the paintings. <laughs> it's in all the paintings. <laughs> Pliny the Younger wrote a tediously long speech about how great Trajan was and read a large portion of it on the Senate floor. A large portion because the full thing would have taken up to six hours to read. Mm. Just basically praising him. Now, to begin his rule, Trajan handed out some good faith cash to the people. Naturally. As one would expect. The soldiers also expected their usual bribe. Oh, right. It was tradition. Well, they better get it. Do you think Trajan paid them? Yeah, but not as much. Damn, got it in one. <laughs> he <laughs> did, did it, but did only it, half it. the usual amount. Yeah, this man was like, I got reputation. I got confidence. Okay. As always, he was uh, nothing if not filled to the brim with charisma and go. confidence. Yep, yep. Somehow his reputation with the army was enough for him to get away with this and face no major backlash, mm-hmm. which is kind of impressive. Plus, they had already gotten a bonus from Nerva a year and a half ago. That's true. Two years ago, they whatever. They just got yeah, a lot of money. They just got paid. So they, they, they let it slide. And that's a testament 
to Trajan's position. He was loved by the army for his dedication to the military life. I mean, yeah, dude was in charge of a ton of military operations. He'd been in service like three decades by this point. Yeah. Uh, he was also a man's man. A quote from Pliny. Pliny, if I if I didn't mention, is actually um, not a friend so much, but close with Trajan. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of letters between them, okay. which is where we gain a lot of information about this time. Quote, your only relaxation is to range the forest, drive wild beasts from their lairs, scale vast mountain heights, and set foot on rocky crags with none to give a helping hand or show the way. Sounds like Gaston. Is this yeah. every inch of his body covered with hair as well? You know, <laughs> if wait, I'll show you, I'll show you what Trajan looks like. Trajan looks like Gaston crossed with Spock. It just sounds like fucking Gaston out here. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy's face with Spock with uh, Gaston's body is wonderful. <laughs> yep, it, he's a weird looking dude. So the people loved him. The Senate adored him. And the army was ready and willing to follow him into the dark. Nice. So who does that leave for Trajan to get on his side? Oh, army likes him. The Praetorians? Praetorians. Clearly a very powerful force. Right. Very important to get them on I mean, time. He just, they've, he just cut off the head of the, pra- ooh, of the Praetorians. So. <laughs> <laughs> just smack my mic stand. <laughs> they had played Kingmaker several times by this point. They did. And uh, I was getting getting pretty rough out there for weak emperors they had recently forced their desires upon nerva Mm -hmm. and they were dangerous to say the least trajan has had executed the prefect Mm -hmm. and the captain's responsible but that doesn't mean that they're not still pissed who's to say he chose a man named sextus adius suberanus to be his praetorian prefect the man had been close during trajan's ascension and proved his loyalty still As he handed the man the sword of the commander of the guards, Trajan said, If I rule well, use this sword for me. If I rule poorly, use it against me. Wow, what a statement to be made. Balls of steel! For sure. Just like, hey man, you're going to do it anyway. Confidence out the wazoo. I'm going to do great. Kill me if I don't. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Balls. And his dude is like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. You got it, boss. Sure, yeah, cool. With all the factions firmly on his side... Trajan set about ruling well. He continued nervous practice of recalling those exiled by Domitian. He also returned a lot of property, which had been unfairly seized. Everything was going really well. There were just two things bothering him. And then the Fire Nation attacked. No. <laughs> oh, man. I really <laughs> thought quite. I had it there. <laughs> um, the oligarchs of Greeks were being a bit troublesome. Okay. Uh, they were spending a lot of money trying to upstage one another. This was weighing on the treasury, but we'll discuss that more in Lives of the Living. The important (laughs) thing is that King Decibalus of Dacia was still being paid 8 million sesterces per year. That's so much money. And flaunting it. Well, I mean, is it going to cost more or less to to wage a three-year war? Irrelevant. You know? Irrelevant. Well, Dacia saying, was the most important yeah. thing to Trajan. I'm saying it might be practical in the year 100. Sure, yeah. Don't I, talk. Shut the. Don't I'm talk to me about this, practicality. Man. This is Trajan. We're going to war with Dacia, yeah, bro. I told you I agree with him. Is it maybe? Let's maybe go. it's practical. Maybe we can save some money by taking out Dacia. Now, first steps, of right. course, before we go to war, mm-hmm. we can't do that. We have to ask the Senate. If it's all right. Oh, we need to tell the Senate to make ask, an official declaration. Gotcha. We need to ask permission right. from the Senate right. ask if we can go to war. Correct. How do you think the Senate responded? I think the Senate said, 
Whatever you want. I mean, oh, oh please, Trajan, please oh, go to war you. with Dacia. Oh, thank you so much for asking, <laughs> Trajan. Yes, I mean, please. All the money you need. I mean, sure, yeah. Go Gotta to keep war. up the facade. They loved it. Well, sure. It was an emperor that said, I want your input. Wink, wink. Kind nudge, of. nudge. Say something out loud that I want to <laughs> say, but people think it's you. <gasps> right. <gasps> yes. We can do that. So now, let's take a look briefly. At King Decibalus. Mm -hmm. We met him last week, but didn't really cover him, just kind of the war. Right. So he is the main antagonist for the Romans of this generation. Mm -hmm. The first real external threat in several centuries. All right. the real problems in Rome have come from internal stuff, or the wars from external threats were really small. Yeah. Occasionally the Parthians were a problem. Let's look at how King Decibalus got to where he is, but spoilers, we know nothing of his childhood. So well, there you go. He became king. Yeah, <laughs> right. We don't know much about him until 85 CE. Dear Panius, dear Panius. Is that the beginning of a letter or is that a name? That's his name. Oh, okay. May have been his name at the time. It's a little confused with the writings and it may have been someone else, right. but we're going to say it was him. We're going to call him Decibalus because it's Perfect. easier to say. He was a general under King Durus, who might be the guy who's actually dear Panius or whatever. Okay. That's confused. why it's confused. Gotcha. Right. But we're going to say Decibalus was a general under King Durus when. Um, they started raiding mm -hmm. into the Roman provinces under Domitian. Right. They kept pushing into the province of Moesia, and Decibalus would lead his men in ever larger expeditions until eventually the governor of Moesia needed to act. He moved his legion against Decibalus and was promptly defeated. His legion destroyed and he himself killed. Now the gloves were off. You don't kill governors of Rome. And you right. don't wipe out legions. Never. Now it's war. Domitian had rushed to the front with his Praetorian prefect, Fuscus. Fuscus had personally led his four legions across the Danube to return the favor to the barbarians. Well, gasp. He overstretched himself. <gasps> ambush, ambush, ambush. <laughs> his legions took massive casualties, and they lost their eagle standard, and That's Fuscus right. died. That's right. Reputation tarnished. The it man's was not good. Dead. But it was great for Decibalus. Mm -hmm. For reasons not completely known, King Durus immediately abdicated after this battle. Okay. And granted Decibalus the kingdom, which seems strange. You'd imagine he was then killed or something and, you know, it was a right. coup and blah, blah, blah. But Durus actually lived out the rest of his days in a palace as an advisor to Decibalus. That it's strange. is the smartest man in history of these kingdoms and empires. He was like, ah, hey, man, you take over. I'm a chill. We're going to go chill. to war with Rome. Yeah. Hey, you want to be in charge? Yeah, yeah I'm a chill. chill. That's fine. All right, cool. cool peace. Cool, cool. Smartest man ever right there. Yep. And Decibalus, you know. Saw it as a great opportunity to get a nice promotion. Sure. Several more years of fighting followed, but Domitian was being pressed on many sides. Invasions, rebellions, mm -hmm, and money mm -hmm. problems made this protracted war very difficult. So a peace deal was signed. Decibalus would become a client king, but Rome would pay a yearly stipend of 8 million sesterces, and Decibalus right. would basically still rule semi-autonomously. Yeah. So it's kind of... You can see why people were upset at the mm -hmm, end of Domitian's mm -hmm. reign. It's like, oh, we spent all this time and all this money fighting... And you basically just paid For him. Nothing. Like, he won. So, the Romans hated the treaty. It was so disgusting of evil old Domitian. And uh, years later, they were still paying this barbarian, quote-unquote, king. So, Trajan was among those who would not stand for this arrangement. Right. And as it so happened... Gotta take him down. He's the one who can change things. So, That's right. In May of 101 CE, Trajan crossed the Danube River at the head of his army. He Dang. would crush this man who dared to call himself king. He would get back their imperial standards. He would right this wrong. Very ambitious, confident. I love it. 
Two of his legions led a headlong charge into their territory. Villages and forests were burned as a form of ancient blitzkrieg rolled through. Let's go. Soon he faced off against the Dacian forces at the Second Battle of Taipei, which is where Mm -hmm. Fuscus was wiped out. This was a great success, but the Romans had suffered heavy losses. Ever the wise general, Trajan ordered an end to the campaign for the season so they could regroup. Mm. The following winter, Decibalus launched a surprise attack across the Danube south into Roman territory. This forced Trajan to rush back into his own territory to assist his smaller rearguard in Moesia. Two solid victories followed, and the Dacians were soon rushing back across the river to safety. Trajan then sat his ass down right outside the Dacian capital. (laughs) All was lost for the Dacians, and their king knew it. In late 102, Decibalus agreed to peace terms. He realized now that he was not messing with the empire of 15 years ago. Uh, No, man. This dude's on a tear. He was messing with Trajan's empire. Mm Mm-hmm. A Roman governor would be assigned to the Dacian capital. Their state as a client kingdom would henceforth emphasize the client portion, and the 8 million sesterces per year was done. Yeah. What Dacian could not do in wars spanning several years, Trajan had accomplished in under two. I think it was very economically sound then. Yes, it was quite a good idea. For the first time in decades, a solid new chunk of territory was added. It wasn't quite a province, but it right. was new. Mm-hmm. Planning ahead... Trajan asked his top architect to build a bridge across the Danube. You know, just in case they kick up a fuss again. Right. It's really annoying having to to ferry thousands and thousands of men across this big river. Understandable. So Apollodorus of Damascus... Apollodorus. (laughs) Apollodorus. Nice. ...looked across the raging waters of the river and probably got just a little bit pale. I was like, oh, boy. No one had ever constructed a bridge across a river so wide. But Apollodorus was the best of his day... And Trajan had great confidence in him. First time for everything, my guy. Get to it. With all that sorted, Trajan (laughs) headed back to Rome. He was greeted as a great conqueror by the people and the Senate. And the Senate even granted him the title of Dacicus. Nice. Conqueror of Dacia. That makes sense. Mass celebrations were held. He continued his building works and sorting out the issues of Domitian's property thefts. For this, and generally good government, he was then granted the title of Optimus. Optimus Prime, let's go. And in uh, Latin, Optimus means the best or greatest. So he is, in his life, Trajan the best. Wow. Yeah. This guy. So while Trajan is off celebrating being the greatest emperor ever, sure, Decibalus is planning his revenge. (laughs) He'd spent a decade as king, and he was not going to give up his sovereignty so easily. He wasn't ready for Trajan. But no. he would be the next time. Bro, they have so many more people than you. Surprisingly, not not, not that much more. Really? Because they can't... The problem with Empire oh, is you can't, can't have all your troops in one spot. More. Okay, I right. hear you. Yeah. We'll discuss that more later. The kingdom's fortifications, Dacian kingdom's fortifications, were secretly repaired and reinforced. The army was regrouped and rearmed. And Decibalist started harboring Roman runaways. Oh, boy. These would have been... Spies. Spies, or just but getting more rank, more, more numbers in his ranks. More so, these are people that Rome wants to punish legally. Right. Um, deserting soldiers and administrators. So it's more just the, just, we will harbor yeah, them. Just gaining. And you can't have them. Some population. Gotcha. Not population. It was a middle finger is the benefit of it. It's a middle oh, finger to that's Rome. That's all? Yeah. Huh. And I mean, you could probably, you know, they probably use the soldiers and stuff to learn a bit. But by this point, they've been fighting the army for I guess. 20 years. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it was mainly just a middle finger to the government in Rome. This went on for years after the Peace of 102. In 105, Decibalus invaded the occupied southern portion of Dacia. Got him. The Second Dacian War was on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trajan wasted no time. The Danube was heavily saturated with Roman troops. It had been the center of major wars for over a decade at this point, and almost half the troops of the Empire were there. Right. Did the man get the bridge up? That's the question we're all waiting for. The Emperor quickly arrived and assumed command. Time to cross the damn river once again. But this time, they could cross on a bridge. Hey, yo. That's what I'm talking about. My man did it. Apollodorus' bridge was complete, and the legions marched across in droves. Let's go. Many of Decibalus' allies fled at Trajan's advance. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, God, they have a bridge. There's a lot of them. They're coming really fast. <laughs> That's They're here. <laughs> Gotta get out of here, man. <laughs> His reputation was a powerful thing at this point. Yeah. And it would appear the whole might of the Roman Empire was bearing down upon them. In fact, as I said, nearly half of all the legions were in the area by this point. That's a lot. It's a lot. The Dacians hunkered down in their forts. However, the Romans were skilled in siege warfare. Mm -hmm. They systematically took each fortified position as they headed for the capital. Dio tells us that Decibalus attempted to get some Roman deserters to assassinate Trajan in the field. One of the men was quickly captured and tortured into revealing the plot. Ah, cool. Yep, so Trajan's got a good spy network as well. Soon, the Romans were once again camped outside the capital of Dacia. But no surrender would be accepted this nah, time. Nah, man, kill them all. The Dacians pushed back the initial assault, but soon the Romans somehow gained access to the city's water supply and cut it off. Well? Slaughter followed. Decibalus fled. The Romans captured a, compan- a companion of the king and demanded to know where the royal treasury was. And mm-hmm. here's a nice long quote from Cassius Dio. The treasures of Decibalus were also discovered, though hidden beneath the river Sargetia, which ran past his palace. With the help of some captives, Decibalus had diverted the course of the river, made an excavation in its bed, and into the cavity had thrown a large amount of silver and gold and other objects of great value that could stand a certain amount of moisture. Then he had heaped stones over them and piled on earth, afterwards bringing the river back into its course. So That's he's pretty elaborate. Yeah. A mat, like the treasury of it, the largest yeah. kingdom in Europe. Right. Just buried in a in river. A river. That's and, pretty cool. and they got it. Yeah. Decibalus was soon cornered by the Roman cavalry, mm-hmm. despite trying to flee. He opted to commit suicide rather than be taken and paraded Smart. through Rome in a triumph. Oh, Smart. Yeah, big time. He would have been probably strangled. Oh, yeah. That's usually what they did. Trajan continued the cleanup of various troublemakers. He burned down the old capital of the kingdom of Dacia and mm-hmm. built a new one nearby as a big middle finger. There hadn't been a new province in a long mm-hmm. time. So welcome to the new province of Dacia. There we go. Official Roman province. Get that governor seated. In well, he's two probably wars. already there, huh? Yep. Yeah. In two wars, each less than two years apiece, he had subdued the most powerful kingdom in Europe. Dang. Yep. The this only man. real threat to Rome at this time. Right. This man just showed him and said, all right, got to take care of that. Yep. And done. Mm-hmm. So Trajan returned to Rome for another round of triumph celebrations. That's right. Chris Scar, the guy who has the textbook that I've been reading for this, uh, says 10,000 gladiators fought in the arena and 11,000 animals were killed. That's wild. Yeah. In, it must have smelled horrible. Oh, yeah. Lots of blood, I mean, everything death. probably smelled horrible at that You're time. right. They probably just got used to it by then. In 106, the Nabetian kingdom lost its last king. This was a kingdom uh, southeast of modern Israel, kind of right at the top of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Either Rome peacefully absorbed the kingdom or they seized the opportunity and invaded. Either way, another new province was added shortly after Dacia. So now we got another little chunk of Rome added on. 
Trajan spent a good bit of time and money building up the empire's infrastructure, primarily the roads. Uh, administering such a vast territory required interconnected cities across vast distances. So it was important to have a working infrastructure that would allow the wealth to come in and orders to go out. He funded his public building works with the massive wealth gained from Dacia. This included building his own forum and a new port, which we'll discuss later. There we go. By 113, issues began to rise in the east. Remember that peace deal Nero struck with the Parthians? Long time ago. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It said that Parthia would name the king of Armenia and oh, the Romans yeah, yeah. Would, would approve agree. it. Yeah. Right. So that's been going on for 50 years now. Oh. And it's been working great, which oh, is why we dang. haven't heard about Parthia. Straight and just like, nope. Yep. Done with that. Well, the Parthians were in decline and Rome was peaking and the Parthians made an oopsie. Mm. The Parthian emperor put a man on the throne of Armenia and did not ask Trajan's permission. Oh, no. This, coupled with a desire to solidify control of trade coming from India, mm -hmm. the Romans wanted a piece of the Parthian land so they could solidify their trade. And this was a great excuse to go to war with the Parthians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like just saying, they didn't ask me. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. That's what he said. But oh. let's go get the land. Well, yeah. Because they didn't ask me about the Armenian Might as well. thing. Right. Might as well. So, Trajan marched his army toward Armenia. Mm -hmm. When the Parthians heard Trajan was amassing troops, they somehow realized at that moment that, oh, 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 we messed up. We yeah. messed up yeah. badly. We didn't think about this somehow. He's been emperor <laughs> for 15 years at this point. And you didn't just, think about it? like, oh, no. Just insane. So they sent an envoy to him and implored him please, to accept the new no. king. Like, hey, 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 sure. We overthrew the last guy, but he was bad for both of us. Right, right, right. Both right. empires, he wasn't the guy. This new guy is great. We swear, just come meet him and, and approve him. Like, you know, do the diadem thing. Put it on his head. Too late. And, hold, well, Trajan heard the man out. Let's not be hasty. This Trajan's a good administrator and a good diplomat. Right. Uh, but he gave no ex uh, reply except friendship is earned by deeds and not by words. Okay. And then he kept marching. All right. And the, the envoys didn't know what that meant. Yeah, that's does, fair. That, does that mean you're? Does that mean you're? You're coming to accept him, or are you? What? What's? So they rush back. Yeah, better prepare something for the. Band. Everyone's freaking out at this point because yeah. no one knows what trade is going to yeah, do. Just like we don't want this, <laughs> we don't want this. And I love this quote from Dio. For upon learning of his advance, the Parthian king had become terrified because Trajan was wont to make good his threats by his deeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he arrived in Armenia, this new king came to their camp. Trajan sat at the center, surrounded by his vast legions. Right. The king approached, saluted the emperor, and placed the diadem at his feet. Nice. He anxiously waited to see if Trajan would place it back on his head. What do you think Trajan did? I don't know. He made no move at all. Oh, boy. And just stared at the king. <laughs> Awkward. The soldiers then began shouting Imperator, like a victory chant. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the king tried to speak with Trajan privately. Certainly, we can sort this out. Uh, but he was denied all he requested. And oh, another quote. No. So out he rushed in a rage and thence out of the camp. But Trajan sent for him. And again, ascending the tribunal, bade him say in the hearing of all everything that he desired. So he said, Trajan, can I talk to you in private? Mm -hmm. Went and talked to him in private. Trajan said, no. Dude ran. And, and then like, he brought no, him back no, and said, no, 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 no. Say that again. Say it out loud. Say what you want. <laughs> say it out loud. 
The man went a bit uh, fear-driven tirade against Trajan mm-hmm. in Rome because he's horrified and right. going to die, probably. Uh, but Trajan took this in good grace. He calmly informed the man that Armenia was his, and soon it would have a Roman governor, for Armenia was now a Roman province. Right. Boom. Third Dang. province added to the empire. Killing it, my guy. And he didn't have to fight. Third round of parties. Let's go. Except, oh. no time. Let's go fight Parthia. Oh, geez. This guy is just like, let's get rid of all of the problems we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Shortly after, Trajan launched into Mesopotamia. In 116, he captured the capital of the Parthian Empire, Tessaphon. This would be near modern Baghdad. That's how far away he is from Rome. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's just leading from the front, just taking everything. Yep. And, and he's there. He is leading these troops throughout. And Mesopotamia was soon declared another new province. <laughs> Jeez. This boy. In 117, Trajan was finally forced to fall back from the desert city of Hatra. The siege was not going their way, and Trajan had almost been killed by a straight arrow. On top of that, the Jewish population in three of the provinces, Egypt, Cyprus, and Cyrene, were starting to rise up. Another Jewish revolt. Mm-hmm. Different provinces this time, yep. though. The slaughter of pagans in these provinces forced Trajan to fall back and address the issue. It was a legit issue. He knew he would be back to finish his conquest of Parthia, though. This was going to be... He was going to be the next Alexander the Great. Dang. Or so he thought. In 117, Trajan was 63 years old. The last four years had been constant fighting. Mm-hmm. As he returned from the desert, his health began to fail. As a result, he discharged his command of the eastern forces to Lucius Quietus, the governor of Judea. This man would go on to put down the revolt in spectacular fashion. Nice. He is so important in this war that it is actually named after him, the Quitos oh. War, which is kind of a, a bastardization mm-hmm. of his name. Fearing he may have been poisoned, Trajan set back for Italy. The trip could take weeks or months, mm-hmm. especially since he was old and ill. Right. He was likely quite nervous at this point. He had no children. He had proclaimed no heir. Possibly. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Possibly. And what would happen to all his work should he fail to return to Rome in time? And as they made their slow way back, Trajan died. Oh, no. Come on. On August 11th, 117 CE. Hey, my mom's birthday. Hmm. Nope. Not my mom's birthday. <laughs> Two of our friends' birthdays. There you well, go. High school friends. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> So, what do you think of Trajan? Yet again, so sad. Yeah. (laughs) He died. (laughs) So sad. What could have been? The really go-getter. Yeah, he was. It's like, uh, wouldn't it have been great if you had started at like 20? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I can only imagine that no one's going to pick up that mantle as well as he did. And all this progress he made is going to very slowly crumble away. Or quickly. Maybe not so slowly. (laughs) Or quickly. (laughs) All right. Well... Let's get into our round, shall we? Yep. Mastery of military might. You can't talk about Trajan without talking about the wars, so I covered it all in the, the bio, so there's not really much else to discuss. We'll just do a quick recap. He is noted for loving the military life. He's also the first general emperor mm-hmm. to continue leading armies in the field once emperor. Yeah. Domitian, you know, led from the back, but was right, there, right. but he wasn't a general. He wasn't like a planning tent. Yeah, right. He didn't really. And, you know, like Tiberius was a general before he became emperor and then not again. Augustus didn't really do it. He's really the one. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, he's a good one. A damn good one. 
He led massive armies personally during all of his campaign. So now let's discuss the estimates on the troop sizes. So for the Dacian Wars, it's estimated that there were 86 to 175,000 Roman troops in those wars. That's and, a lot. And 50 to 200,000 Dacians. Jeez. Yeah. So what like a, they weren't significantly a, out of What a ranging gap for both of them. Just, it's yeah. really hard to know, especially yeah. when ancient sources are constantly bigging yeah, yeah, up yeah. everything. That's true. And, you know... I looked into where they got these numbers from, but it's honestly very obscure. Mm -hmm. So it's just take all of everything with a grain of salt. He knew when to attack and when to fall back. Uh, when a victory cost too much to warrant further aggression, he pulled back. Mm -hmm. Each of his campaigns were overall successes. Two wars with Dacia brought quick victories. Uh, displays of military power were enough to gain control of Armenia, which means he was a master of the military might. Didn't even need to fight sometimes. Right. Because he could prove that, like, yeah. just give up. Yeah. I'll win. It's fine. <laughs> the same probably. thing happened when he first besieged the Dacian capital. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to take it. They just won. And that's, that's a great sign. You win every fight. You don't have to fight. He expanded the empire significantly. Mm -hmm. Added several new provinces through military action and more through diplomacy. Yeah. Uh, and this is the largest the empire will ever be. Unfortunate. This is the peak. It's really unfortunate. Yes. So, um, you know, I was thinking about it since we did, um, Vespasian's episode, I've just been like, you know, I don't think he deserved his like perfect score for mastery of military might because then it makes what Trajan did look a little bit less significant because it's the same score. Whereas Vespasian did a lot of good stuff, but not 10 out of 10. But anyway, Trajan, I think is a 10 out of 10. He's a 10. Yeah. He's a 10. Yeah. He's a 10. He's a 10. Yeah. He did it. So um, when we get to the end of this series or this season, we might need to go back and look through and allow ourselves a one-time readjustment. I will not adjust anything. <laughs> my opinion at the time is my opinion. God, I it hate you. It will stay the same. I hate you. <laughs> anyway, so perfect 20 out of 20 for mastery of military might. Deserves Let's it. Let's go Trajan. Easily. Terrible tyranny. All right. So it is possible, if not likely, that he perpetrated the quietest coup in history. I don't believe it. Nerva may have cho may not have chosen Trajan of his own free will. Uh, it would have been clear to Nerva that Trajan could simply take the throne. So whatever the truth is, it paid off nicely for Trajan. Sure did. Something to consider. Uh, Tra Trajan made the Senate very happy. Like Augustus, he used the guise of cooperation to siphon more authority from them. Mm -hmm. uh, two provinces, which had been under senatorial control for generations, were brought into imperial authority. In fairness, this was due to gross mismanagement of the province's income and treasury, which I briefly mentioned earlier. Ah, oh, yes, the oligarchs just being, yes. being like, I have fancier things than you. Exactly. I built all this stuff. Look, I right. deserve to be promoted. Right, right. right. Pliny wrote to Trajan about the issue in these provinces and said, it's well established that the city's finances are in a state of disorder. This was due to those local elites using government funds to build unnecessary buildings. Uh, as one can imagine, this was not great. So, Get them out of there. So pulling that authority away from them you know, can seem a bit tyrannical, but it also makes sense. No, that's just a good government move. Yeah, my question was, is this tyranny or good governance? So, ah, man. Yeah. Um, he was likely... A homosexual by our modern standard, the way we, because they don't have those words. Oh, okay. um, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Because back then, like they don't, <laughs> like, there aren't do you... words for homosexuals. 
They right. just had sex with whomever. No, no, no. Yeah, I hear you. I was just gotcha. like, by our standards. I was like, well, I mean. Right, did, yeah. Did we would probably with, define him as a homosexual. Guys or what do you <laughs> and he also liked boys. Well. How do we rate that where it wasn't a huge deal to the Romans? It wasn't terrible or tyrannical, but to us it's disquieting. I don't know. It's pretty normal for their society. It's notable, though, that he's, sure. you know, uh, Dio makes the point to say that he never harmed any of the boys. Well. Yep. So there's that. Not great. Um, we're in the early 100s CE now, mm-hmm. which means Christians are starting to pop up quite a bit. That's right. And by quite a bit, I mean this is the first time. <laughs> we have we have letters from 112 CE between Pliny and Trajan discussing the issue. This is one of the most famous letters between them because they're discuss- discussing the issue of the Christians. Um, this is actually the first document about Christians, which was not written by Christians okay. that we have anyway. Yeah. yeah. So Pliny is the governor of Pontus, which is in northern um, Turkey, modern Turkey. Okay. And it's kind of unclear why being Christian is a problem at this point, but it's likely that they don't worship multiple gods, and that's just such a foreign concept to the Romans that they're scary. That that pretty much was like the main issue. Right. That and they just keep trying to convert everybody. These bastards. Yes. Yeah. So it was they were just weird and the state genuinely feared them because it was like, What are mm-hmm. you what are you guys doing? <laughs> We've never seen the Jews don't try and convert us. What are you right. doing? I was gonna say like the Jews also believe in one God, but they're just keep to themselves. Right. Yeah. The Jews <laughs> the, the faith of Judaism is not a big spread out and tell everyone right. like Christianity yeah. is. So the people that Pliny is talking about in his letters were being accused anonymously of being Christians. Like oh, people were submitting boy. and saying, Hey, this guy's Christian, I know it. Oh, and boy. then and the punishment for like failing to like give up Christianity was execution. So mm-hmm. this was like a big problem. So Trajan was on board with executing Christians who kicked up a fuss. That was actually fine. So take that for the terrible tyranny that you, you know, that you will. But he pointed out that be- that believing anonymous accusations was always going to be a bad idea. Right. So Smart. don't do that. Mm-hmm. And if they don't kick up a fuss and if they just pretend to give up Christianity, sure. like whatever they do behind closed doors, I don't right. care. But if they do it in public, execute them. That's what Trajan said. So that once again, not the worst thing. It's pretty yeah. bad. When everybody you know, wants him to kill him and he's just like, I mean, do we really need to? Uh, not much going on here. Yeah. So not a whole lot going on. Pliny points out that, quote, men learn better from examples. So while Trajan was an autocrat. He ruled through good leadership and respect rather than fear and insolence. Right. Yeah. So terrible tyranny. Um, I think really uh, modern ears, the the boy thing might earn a point or two, but to them it wasn't a huge deal. Yeah. And I don't know. When you're thinking of tyranny, I'm thinking of like well, country ter- wise. Well, yeah, but uh, how terrible were they or how tyrannical? They're both kind of lumped yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. I guess. And then the Christian thing. So I'm thinking like one or two. Yeah, I was gonna say two. Okay, I might go just one. We'll give him a nice, a nice low score for that one. So that is a total of three for terrible tyranny. Not bad. The you know, we we use these scores to judge how interesting they are, and you know sometimes you're not a tyrant. You're still really interesting. So I think Trajan's gonna fall into that category. On to the next. Lives of the Living. So Lives of the Living. A quote from Dio, and this section will be kind of heavy with quotes because there were some good ones. Everyone was always praising Trajan. When he came to Rome, 
he did much to reform the administration of affairs and much to please the better elements. To the public business, he gave unusual attention, making many grants, for example, to the cities in Italy for the support of their children, and upon the good citizens he conferred many favors. Uh, and that thing about support of their children, he had massive orphanage oh. funding programs. Well, that's nice. So he took care yeah. of the orphans of Italy. Um, the Senate loved him so much that they gave him the honorific of Optimus, which means greatest. He devalued the currency mm. and decreased the silver content of the denarius by 4.5%. This, coupled with massive gold influx from Dacia, funded much of his reign, including the orphan program. Uh, and this might not be the best thing for the economy, but in the short run, and by short run I mean like the next you know 60 years, yeah. it works great. Like, we have so much more gold, we can devalue what we've got, and it's all worth more. Mm -hmm. I'm not an economist, but I do know that it worked for them for that moment. At that time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, a quote from Pliny. When it comes to public building, you do it on a grand scale. Here stands a colonnade, there a shrine, rising as if by magic, so rapidly as to seem remodeled rather than freshly built. Basically, just praising him for all the things he was building in Rome. Because he built a lot, including a new port at Ostia. Ostia is the port of Rome, because Rome okay. isn't on, yeah. the, on the sea. Mm -hmm. Claudius had built a port, and it wasn't very good. <laughs> Didn't work quite right. So Trajan commissioned, I believe it, it's either a hexagonal or octagonal um, port. And it really helped things out. Final quote on the good side here from Dio. Trajan was most conspicuous for his justice. He did not envy nor slay anyone, but honored and exalted all good men without exception, and hence he neither feared nor hated any of them. To slanders he paid very little heed, and he was no slave of anger. He refrained equal, equally from the money of others and from unjust murders. Wild. Just screaming praises Wild. for this man being a good dude. Yeah. Cons. For the lives of the living. Wasn't great to be a Christian. Well, that's fair. But there were very few Christians. Right. They were a very small minority. Um, even my sketchy book that I haven't really been, I so I, I was my like sketchy book. So I ha when I started this project, I got two textbooks on Rome. Mm -hmm. One that's called like the Dark History. That's supposed to be like just all the like bad crazy things that right. they did, and then like a more normal one. I haven't been using the bad crazy one because I could tell how much they're trying to really amplify every mm -hmm. little like bad thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with Trajan, I was like, damn, like I can't really think of too much like negatives here. So I thought I'll look in that book and see what they mm -hmm. say. And they're basically like, he was great. Well, so <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, he liked drinking a bit and fancied boys. That's about the only other thing. And it said even that he didn't uh, he didn't ever get drunk. He just liked to drink a bit. Yeah. He also didn't harm any of the boys. And didn't boys, harm the boys. Allegedly. Which so, I mean I'm sure most know, abusers man. say, but Right. <sighs> yeah, but you know, overall lives of the living that we're at we're at the peak. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, we're we are now in what is considered the golden age yeah. of Rome. I gotta give him a ten. Expanded the empire. People really liked it. Economy's great. Games yeah. were great. Military's yeah. at its peak. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. he died. And he died. You know, but not. You know, he lived long enough to get things going pretty well. But not long enough to become the villain. Not long enough to be the truth. <laughs> so I'll give him a ten. Ten. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. go, Trajan. He's on his way to be mate. Well, the low tyranny might really screw it up. Might really uh, lower him down. But on to the next. Departing demise. Departing demise. So Trajan's death yeah. is not by itself that interesting. No. Nope. 
Uh, he was on campaign in his early 60s, started feeling ill, and as he headed back, he died. Not that interesting, pretty basic. But the immediate fallout of his death was oh, no. very interesting. Uh, I, I don't want to. <laughs> so we have not yet mentioned Trajan's wife. Yeah. Her name right. is Platina, and she is awesome. She was always by his side and doing great things, despite him liking men. Mm-hmm. They had a very loving relationship, from what we can tell, and she was his queen and certainly influenced his uh, favorable deeds in government, the orphanage thing and yeah, all that. Yeah, like yeah. She was certainly there. She was viewed as the benevolent queen. That's pretty awesome for her. Yes, she was great. And my theory, this is just something that popped into my head, uh, perhaps caring for the children was, or caring for these orphans was because she did not have children. It was her way of helping the the children of the empire. Platina was a powerful force in her husband's government simply by being a benevolent woman. Mm -hmm. Like, women didn't have power, but if everyone loves you, you got some level of power. Yeah, yeah. But without children, who would assume power when Trajan died? She can't. This is Mm -hmm. not a time where queens are accepted in any way. This was the same issue that Nerva and Domitian had found themselves in, and Trajan just dropped dead halfway across the empire with yeah. no heir proclaimed. Yeah, he was like, oh no. Maybe. <laughs> this might all be wrong, and the heir may have already been chosen. Different okay. different things, but we're going with this one. Okay. Platina quickly set about remedying this issue. She swore all Trajan's attendants to secrecy after his death oh. while they were still heading back. No one can know that he's dead. He is still leading right, right we, now. We can't have everything fall apart. Yep. They continued carrying the body back to Rome, where she quickly hired an actor who looked like Trajan to play him and proclaim Smooth. an heir. Smooth. Want to take a guess who the heir is? Uh, uh, Hadrian. Hadrian! He was declared the heir. He was already the adopted son of Trajan, just yeah, hadn't been officially like. declared emperor. Yeah. Or declared Caesar. Mm-hmm. It was at this point that she shared with her hus- that her husband was dead. And apparently no one questioned why he was like half melted in the back of a carriage by this point. (laughs) Uh, But a stable transfer of power is enough to get people to overlook most things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's I I figured uh, might be able to scrape out a few points with the story of after his death. Spice it up. Yep. Uh, Let's see. It's probably somewhere in the in the four or five. Yeah, I was going to say four. Okay, I'll go five. You go four. Yeah, I'm going to go with the four. It's it's more or less just unfortunate than it is interesting. Right. <laughs> just yeah. like, oh, come on, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> we just got there, though. <laughs> Dude caught a cold and dropped dead. What a rough life. Bitch boy. Lasting legacy. So, Trajan has quite a few things that have carried on into the modern day for us. Um, he's probably not very well remembered. People have probably heard the name. I recognize the name. But, yeah. but what did it, you know? But I didn't know he no one knows anything super about. cool. Right. So we have Trajan's Column, which is awesome. Uh, It may have been created by Apollodorus of Damascus. Not entirely clear. But it is a 30-meter tall column. That's 98 feet. Uh, 35 meters or 115 feet when you include the pedestal that it's standing on. Uh, This was likely commissioned by the Senate, and it depicts Trajan's wars against the Dacians in a beautiful relief that spirals up the column. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. There used to be two libraries that stood nearby. It's in Trajan's Forum, mm-hmm. and they stood up alongside it so that you could climb the stairs of the library and oh, keep seeing all of it, oh, all of it up to the cool. top. And in ancient times, it would have been uh, very brightly painted and mm-hmm. had vibrant colors. We still have it today. Mm-hmm. It's just white, and it's just it's so beautiful. 
Interestingly, there's a scene depicting four Dacian women torturing two naked men on it. Interesting. Uh, this is strange primarily because women are very rarely featured in ancient Roman yeah. art, like at all, and let alone on a war monument. Mm-hmm. So just kind of an interesting factoid. Uh, this is one of the great pieces of history that survives to this day, and it really teaches us a lot about um, the Roman military at the time, the way they viewed things. Like it, They were telling their story, and we get to see how they mm-hmm. viewed everything. So it's very important to the study of history. Next, his bridge. Yes. So after Trajan beat up the Dacians the first time, yep. he had Apollodorus build a bridge across the lower Danube River, which had never been done before. Uh, this would go on to become the longest bridge in human history for a thousand years. That's wild. Insane. It was designed with segmented arches. Uh, have you ever seen an aqueduct? Mm-hmm. So how they have like arch, chunk of concrete, mm-hmm. arch. That's how this was designed, but even bigger. Smart. Yep. It was 1,135 meters long, <laughs> 15 meters wide, and 19 meters high from the surface of the river. That's 3,724 feet long, 49 feet wide, and 62 feet high. It was that's massive. Ridiculous. It's almost a mile long. Yeah. It's almost getting like, close. That's like two-thirds of a mile yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I think it's 5,200. Yeah. Is, yeah. So we're, we're getting 1,500 feet short of a mile. Yeah. It's long. Um, and to do this in ancient times is insane. Yeah, it's wild. It remained in use for a little over 160 years until the concern was less about going over and attacking and who was coming over and attacking us. Oh, so they so just they, stopped going over? They dismantled it. Oh, yep. no. Yep. Very sad. And for a long time, there were just the the like oh, anchor yeah, things, whatever like the they're columns, called. Yeah, know, the columns whatever. that were in the river. But most of that's gone now, too. It's very sad. But for a thousand years, oh, it was the longest super thing. Super interesting to think of the engineering. Like, How did you plant the foundation back then right. in a rushing river? In such a wide rushing river. And line it up right and like and they did it quickly. Yeah. The the, the first war ended in one oh two and the second war started in one oh five. And they had it done. And they had it done. Wild. It's insane. It's insane. The Romans are Yeah. Ancient insane. engineering is super, super fascinating. It is. Continuing on with lasting legacy, the empire that people often see on maps is the empire at its greatest expanse mm. at the time of Trajan's death in one seventeen. Yeah, yeah. That's what you see because that's mm-hmm. That's what people want to see is at the peak, and that's where we are. Um, Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Trajan is the only non-Christian Roman to go to paradise in Dante's Inferno. Wild. Now, I did see that apparently many believed that he was a Christian. Secretly. In that time. Just like. <laughs> yeah, despite that very clearly not being true. I guess, we got I a couple hundred years be before like, oh, Romans start doing he that. He didn't want Christians to openly be murdered. Yeah. I, I guess he was one. <laughs> yeah, right? He must have been. So, moving forward, the Senate would say to new emperors when they were you know, proclaimed, mm-hmm. May you be more fortunate than Augustus and better than Trajan. Oh. Because they considered him the best emperor. Augustus was, you know, great. He did Mm -hmm. wonderful things. Trajan was the best. Yeah, dude. He's the optimist. Yeah. So I... That's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. I'm tempted to just give him that full tenor again. I'm going to give him a 10. Yeah. Big 10 for that lasting legacy. Trajan, my boy. I was so happy while researching him. I was like... I know a, a good bit about Trajan, but damn, is he interesting. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for, for lasting legacy being like the picture of Rome, when you Google, 
a map of ancient Rome, that's what you're going to see. Really? Right. Like, come on. Exactly. It's, it's wild. Um, that, and again, for someone who's, you know, not that well known to the modern mm-hmm. person, he's so important and did so much. Yeah, definitely. Just fascinating. All right. Then we only have one last round to go. The great. Yes. He deserves the great, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty on the fence here. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm waffling. I'm waffling. No, I, I think he has to. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best. Roman yeah, emperors. He really needs to in his life. Halfway through his reign, they proclaimed him the greatest. Yeah. And then didn't change their minds. Right. Yeah. No, he was only going to get, he was only getting better. Yeah. And then he died. And then he died. <laughs> he died. Yeah. Yep. He, so there's a fortunate. There's a quote from him basically saying like I could have been Alexander had I been younger. Yeah. And it's like yeah, he yeah, could've. he could have. He he literally walked into wherever he wanted to take and then took it yep. until his last campaign when he's getting old and he was like ah, kind of sick. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, so that's a yes. Yeah. We need to figure out some way to celebrate when people get the great. I don't we just know. need to get a sound bite or something. A sound bite to throw it in there. Yeah, Trajan. All right, oh. terrific. So let's give him an epithet. Um, honestly, I had a bit of trouble because he's not. He's already got a bunch of them. Yeah. So you know, I got Trajan the greatest, conqueror, the best, and the golden for the golden age. But I am open to ideas because I just couldn't think of it. I don't know. I think the Senate had it right. The optimist. So, uh, Trajan the optimist. Yeah. Or optimist Trajan. Optimus Trajan? Okay. I'm talking about. Okay, okay. We'll just call him Optimus Trajan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they already did it for us. They did it. Yep. It it's, it probably doesn't make sense in the Latin, but you know, Optimus care. Trajan. I like that. All right. So his final score was seventy two. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's pretty uh, good. He is only behind Caesar and Augustus, and that's only because yeah, they gonna, were a bit crazy. I was say, if only he executed more people, you know, he could be up there. <laughs> right. That and if his death was a little more interesting. That's true, yeah. He, yep. he was just a good guy who most people liked, and he, he got sick. I'm curious if there's... if there's there, I don't think it's possible to get a perfect score. No. Because you'd have to be like a terrible tyrant you who made everyone's lives great. Yeah. But... You can't do that. Unless you're like tyrannically murdering the enemies of the state in brutal ways, I suppose, somehow. But that's... I don't know, man. You know, looking at this, uh, Rome hasn't had a tyrant in a minute. Uh, yeah, no. Optimus Trajan. Nailed it. Domitian the Forgotten is considered a tyrant, but even his score is yeah, only mid, mid-tier. Vespasian. And then we get back to Nero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah. It's pretty good. And I, I will say, little spoilers... <laughs> It's going to be good for a while. And then it's going to be really, really bad. And then really, it's going to be really bad. Really, bad. <laughs> yeah, be really, really bad. Barbarians get involved. It's Big like... news. We're, we're not going to skip anyone this time. This <gasps> is going to be the first emperor to emperor non-skip. Oh we're going to go straight gosh. to Hadrian. Um, hey. we, only have, we only have a few more before things get really bad. Well, And then we have to start skipping a lot of people. Right. Because it's so quick, probably. Yeah. And just uninteresting. There might need to be a point where we spend an entire episode talking about all the emperors, just briefly. Like, mm-hmm. and then this guy, and then this guy, and then this guy, and then this guy. And now next week, we'll talk about the actual guy <laughs> because it goes quick. This guy that ruled for longer than three months. But, okay, but he's the next one. we have some time, and we have some good emperors ahead. So 
We've already been babbling, mm -hmm. but I suppose right about now we could, could wrap up the babble. And this is surprisingly is one of the shortest episodes so far. Well, I mean, it was it was pretty straightforward. Yeah, really he, he, he comes in, conquers, and leaves. Yeah.